0: Welcome back to the Master Your Voice podcast, a podcast for singers about singing. I'm your host, soprano and vocal pedagogue, Heidi Voss. Today on the podcast, I welcome country singer, Ashley Rose Lily. Ashley's got a great story and a fabulous sound, and I'm excited to introduce her to all of you. Without further ado, my conversation with singer and my singer spotlight, Ashley Rose Lily. So welcome back to the Master Your Voice podcast. Today, I am thrilled to be able to welcome Ashley Rose Lilly for our singer spotlight. So Ashley, welcome. Thank you. I'm like really excited to be here. I always
1: love interviews and podcasts. And honestly, it's like one of my favorite things to do lately. So super, super
0: stoked. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. I just love having the conversations with amazing artists and other people in this field and working with singers. It's it's the best. And it's so great to be able to champion young singers' work. So we'll just get started right off the bat. Tell us a little bit about how you got started singing.
1: Oh my goodness. It's definitely a somewhat long story that I'll try to cut a little bit shorter. But um, originally, I grew up in a small town in West Virginia called Beckley, and I was very surrounded by music my entire life. My grandfather Everett Lilly Sr. was kind of known within bluegrass music, and um, he's like partially credited for bringing some of like the music to Boston and like to Japan. And so I thought that that was very cool. And so I was always like around my dad playing music with him and the bands and um, at a certain point, cause I'd gone to a lot of the shows. I actually asked him if I could sing a couple of songs with his band called the song catchers. And he kind of said, you know, like, you'll have to learn some of the music. So I, I'd been singing for a, a while prior to that. I mean, even though I was eight, like ever since I could talk, but I, I was always like a very shy child. And so we were on a car ride. Um, I think that we were just traveling somewhere. Like my mom was in the car too. And I just started like singing one song after another. And I guess like they thought like, Oh, like, like I guess like she can kind of sing. And so, um, ever since then, it's just kind of been history. Um, like I think within like two weeks they had me in voice lessons and then I would get to sing like a couple songs on each show initially, but as it progressed in, um, the initial lead singer, um, she just had some different things happen where she wouldn't really be able to maintain that role. Um, I think I was like somewhere between 11 and 13 as a preteen. Um, wow. I took on the role of the lead singer, which was definitely something that I had to grow into, but, um, all in all, like I, that it was a really good thing. I'm really, really grateful for that. And yeah, I've just kind of been doing music ever since. That's definitely how I got started. And I'm just super grateful that I was like surrounded by it and, you know, in a household
0: of people that like do support like that dream of mine and everything. Amazing. Well, it's so funny because you have clearly have a pedigree of singing (laughs) music just in general. Like you come from a, you come from a very established musical family. So it shouldn't be surprising that like the apple doesn't usually fall far from the tree. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's amazing so tell us though a little bit about you said you your family was really involved principally in bluegrass music right yes so are you singing bluegrass music now
1: I still sing bluegrass music when maybe me and my dad will go back east and almost I mean we don't call them reunion shows but it kind of feels that way since you know now we live in California um, and we'll kind of get the band back together we just did a festival I think it was in oh my gosh, it was sometime between May and July. I get all my dates mixed up, but for a John Henry days back in West Virginia. But um, now I'm doing what I kind of classify as like country slash Southern rock with a little bit of a pop twist, which is kind of a lot to say, but it's just the best category that I feel that I can kind of fit it into. Um, But people just ask me, I I usually just say like country rock, but um, it has a lot of elements to it for sure. Um, I think that a lot of I've had a lot of different crossovers and kind of finding my own voice within the music because on one hand, like, I'm so grateful to my roots and they have affected me a lot as a singer and an artist in a lot of positive ways. Um, And then on the other hand, though, I've also, I mean, I grew up with MTV. Like, I feel like I was one of the last generations that had that cutoff of like there being music on MTV and like seeing those like pop stars. And like, um, I moved to California initially at a young age, moved to Tennessee for a little bit, moved back to California, but just being in California and seeing everything you know, very much more like mainstream pop culture. Um, and then, of course, you know, I mean, I've always loved country music because it's kind of both. And I was also really into, you know, the early 2000s. You had like the kind of more grungy like warp Tour, but that was still kind of pop because it wasn't quite like as grunge as the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like I've kind of had this like melting pot of influences. So initially, I just went straight for pop music because I was like, no, like I'm going to be really cool. Like I'm going to do pop. And that was really fun. And I liked it but I wasn't feeling as fulfilled as I could have. And so then I went to kind of like straight country music, but I didn't feel, I mean, maybe not like straight up country music, but it was, it was like pretty country, like modern country, but I wasn't feeling like, you know, that kind of rock more like grunge part was there either. Um, because the country initially was just to kind of like pay a little bit more homage to like my roots. Cause I, those are important to me. Like I did kind of want to get back to that a little bit. Cause I felt like a little bit lost with it all initially because I mean, pop music just isn't my background. And there's a lot of people that want to be pop stars. And I think it's important that if, you know, you do want to be a pop star, you're doing pop, it's for the right reasons, not because you're trying to be commercial. Um, And so then I finally just started just writing and writing and just not really caring what it sounded like at a certain point. And um, I've met a good amount of people that are kind of doing the whole rock thing. And so um, I have a great producer now that really kind of shares my vision and it's ended up unintentionally coming out as more southern rock with some like pop influences, and I'm just super, super grateful to have him. He's also ironically from West Virginia, but his studio's out in North Hollywood, um, and it's it's just been a really, really great and cool process to just record these things and just to feel the most authentic in my artistry that I ever have. And so I'm super, super excited and super grateful to have kind of like finally found my niche because it's it's been a long process.
0: Yeah, I love I absolutely love you talking about this because. One of the biggest challenges for young singers is to figure out what their voice is, not just like, you know, the singing part of it, but what their musical voice is, like what you have to say, what your style is, you know, how you're going to feel at home. And I think one thing I can say for you, Ashley, is like watching you discover that was magic. It was like, as soon as you started figuring these pieces, uh, these puzzle pieces out, putting them together and realizing what, which direction you were going to aim, you just started exploding. And that's kind of one of the fun things to talk about your career and your journey thus far, especially in the last couple of years, you know, actually watching you embrace your roots, your heritage, incorporating (laughs) that into your music has been amazing. And the one thing that I really want to touch upon now specifically with you, which brings me a little off script is your songwriting ability. So I will say, I, have, I rarely work with singers who write as prolifically as you do. And not only Thank who you. write prolifically, but who write really well. So every song has its own idea. Every song has its own story. They don't all sound like the same song. You know, sometimes you'll, get a, you'll hear a singer-songwriter and you're like, well, there's another song by so-and-so. It's the same exact song, <laughs> 17 times over on the same album. Um, but you don't do that. So I want to actually hear a little bit about your songwriting process, because it's not clear to me that that's coming from the bluegrass roots. Like, where is that coming from?
1: Yeah, honestly, um, I'm not completely certain. I, I mean, I have a few ideas. Um, my uncle B, he was also in music and he was, um, you know, kind of a duo with my grandfather, Everett Lilly Sr. And I know that he wrote like on this one song called Your Love is Like a Flower. And it's this like really beautiful, like profound song. And I mean, officially, like, on the record, I think that the credit was given to someone else. But, you know, since, like, my dad and everyone was, like, there, like, when everything happened, like, we've, like, been trying to kind of make it known that, like, he's the one that wrote that song. But anyway, going off of that, though, is, you know, it's this, like, really, like, kind of, like, profound, like, beautiful song. And um, I'm not saying that, like, no one in my family is songwriters. I really don't know. But, you know, a lot of the bluegrass, um, you know, American Mountain folk music, as my grandfather would call it. Um, you know, it's a lot of paying tribute to you know previous songwriters, almost like jazz in a sense. Um, so you know, it's deeper than being like a cover artist for sure, because it's you know paying tribute to like these classics, and it's like its own artistry in and of itself. But at the same time, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're writing your own songs. So that definitely kind of makes it difficult to answer the songwriting itself question, because the songwriting, yeah, it wasn't necessarily something that I was surrounded by. I mean, I was surrounded by performance, I was surrounded by music. Um, But besides, you know, the one song that I knew about that my uncle B wrote and, you know, my dad's written like a song here and there, but you know, that hasn't been like his like primary thing that he's done. Although the songs that he has written, I have thought are very good. Um, But I think a lot of it just came from just wanting to express myself. I, again, I was a very like shy kid, Um, you know, like during school, like, you know, like there'd definitely be like bullies and stuff and that was never super fun. And so I would kind of turn to like MTV and like, I would watch these like super like inspirational like interviews like I remember like I saw the Katy Perry movie in theaters and I remember specifically in that movie she talked about um one of her influences was Alanis set song you ought to know and just how like she thought that it was so cool how like she could just like say just like whatever it was that she was thinking just so bluntly say it where like she grew up in a household that like you know maybe you wouldn't do that like as a very like you know more like um she mostly just sang um religious music and everything which is awesome mm-hmm. But she just wasn't really exposed to like, you know, someone that's just going to literally just say whatever, you know, yeah, there's something out there. Yeah. And so um, I remember watching that and I remember thinking that that was really cool. And then observing how then Katy Perry kind of re- reflected that into her own art. And I'm not trying to go on like a whole Katy Perry tangent, but I do feel like that was kind of a turning point for me seeing that and listening to that interview. And, you know, listening um, to that song by Linus Morissette and listening to some stuff that Katy Perry sings, especially like her earlier work. I really love her earlier work um, when she kind of had that little rock pop thing going to... And so that definitely heavily inspired me. But then at that point, too, um, I hadn't had like a ton of like life experience really to like write about. Um, But, you know, then like as I kind of got older and progressed and, you know, of course, I got into like everyone that's like, you know, kind of like known in like modern music, like, you know, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, um, which I really like Taylor Swift. I think that even though in a lot of ways, like she's obviously extremely famous, I think as a songwriter and just like in terms of her actual artistry, not the image put forth, I think she's actually very underrated. Like, I mean, she's one of, like, the few, like, people in, like, you know, modern, like, pop type music that I know of that, like, there are some songs that she is the only person who has songwriting credit on it because it was solely her, which. Yeah,
0: I think 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 she does deserve a lot of credit for being a very prolific songwriter. And clearly, there's nothing wrong with being commercial. If you strike a nerve, it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I just I thought that that was really cool. And then just in terms of the songwriting, I feel like they just kind of started flowing. I think that I really got to a point when I was probably about like 15 and I got into like my first, like when I say serious relationship, I mean as serious as it can be for someone that's 15, but you know, it was like, it was definitely like, you know, more like serious, like as serious as it could be for that age. And you know, that really impacted me heavily and like it, you know, when things ended, it was very painful. It was very hard, but I feel like as horrible as it was, like it really opened up like for me, like Cause I feel like there's as ironic as it is like a lot of like beauty that can like come through pain or like Mm. actual life experiences, because it's like, I mean, I'm always someone that like, I feel like I'm only, I mostly just write from personal experience because I just, some people are great storytellers for other people's stories. And those songwriters I think are amazing, like on like a really awesome level that I'm just, it's not really something that I do in my work just because that's not like where my gift is at. Whereas I really like telling my stories. Um, So being that way, obviously I didn't have a lot of material to write with initially, but then again, having the relationships and these experiences, a lot of my songs are about relationships or, you know, past relationships. Um, Some of them are about love. And um, I think just, yeah, all in all, just, I guess to answer the question in a very long term is hearing like the different interviews of like other songwriters and just realizing what a cool outlet that that can be and just how you can just say whatever you want. Like no one can really like argue with you if like you're writing something in a song, like, Because we all have like our version of events of how things happen. Like there's different versions to every story. And, you know, sometimes if you can't always express it to the person, you can still have your truth like in a song. And it's given me a really great outlet to have. And it's given me a lot of like, you know, closure for different things. And yeah.
0: Yeah. It's your perspective. Yeah, exactly. A perspective is everything. And when you think about it like that, like clearly there are certain ages in your life where yeah, like what the experience of a 15-year-old girl getting her heart broken is going to be pretty universal. There's yeah. Gonna be a <laughs> lot of girls out there that go even, you know, grown women that go, "I remember that feeling. That wasn't so fun." Yeah, <laughs> but you're going to have a lot of people who are who are connecting with you because they've experienced very similar things. So, I mm-hmm. think there's that, but also you have a way of not making everything part of the expression emo. Like it's like <laughs> you can take an idea and and find the fun in it, even if it is a little bit of a subversive experience. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Like, how is it you, how is it you find the positive or at least can create a song that isn't entirely depressing out of something that might be a little bit traumatic for you? Um, You know, I'm
1: really not super sure because sometimes like I will truly internally feel like super, super, super depressed, but I'm one of those people and it, it's something that I've really had to work at. I've really had to work at it where... I don't want to become jaded. And I feel like it's really an easy thing to do sometimes, especially either in the industry or like, you know, if like you are having like, you know, multiple like heartbreaks, but it's important to me to not become fully jaded. So despite anything that I might've like been through or different things, like I try to keep that like kind of like light, like, I don't want to say like naivete because I don't feel like that's the right word, but you know, just like some form of like just innocence that like, doesn't get like totally jaded and everything. And I think that's like protecting that part of me is something that's like really helped me because I can make a little bit of light of things. And the thing too, is like, sometimes I've noticed that if I've gone through something, I can't always write a song about it, like right after it happens because I am just in too much pain and it's just too difficult. But if I let like a little bit of time elapse where it's like, I still feel those feelings and it's still very sad. I'm still hurting. So it's still very like, you know, organic feelings, but I'm not so much like in the throes of it then not only can I stop my feelings, but I'm able to see it a little bit more objectively, which then helps with like me being able to tell the story. Cause it's almost like, say this is like a horrible analogy, but like if someone like dies in a car crash and someone's asking you what happened and you're like trying to scream, cry your way, explaining to them what happened. And obviously they're not getting any of it. And yeah. it's like, you know it, but once some time has elapsed, I and mean, you're still sad, you're still hurting, but you're able to be like, okay, so like this is how everything went down. And so the feeling is still there, but you're not so. So I also think giving myself, Some time from it because I do think that if I just like wrote things right initially, I mean, number one, I don't think that they'd be good because I'm too upset to like, you know, yeah. But number two, I I do think that it would be a little bit more emo. And that being said, like I feel like some of my songs are a little bit like darker here and there, but I don't know if like they're like as like angsty as like some people's. Which those people's songs are super awesome too. It's just not really like,
0: but it's not. not own artistry. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's different. Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with super duper emo. Exactly. I'm I'm with you. There's nothing wrong with that. I think. For me, the goal for artists is to get to the nexus, like who you are to figure out what you have to say, your style and your voice. And obviously, as someone who teaches voice, it's not just about your sound. I say that over and over again. It's about what you have to say and what you what you want to put out there in the world. And so that's why it's, it's it's really interesting to hear your perspective on songwriting specifically because you just have so much of it to to put out in the world and you've figured out a way to encapsulate these experiences and pick at little little bits of them and you can take a small mm-hmm. bit and turn it into a whole song which I think yeah. is really really fabulous and I think some of that wisdom some of the intelligence of how you do that is giving yourself the distance from the experiences to be able to parcel them out and not just throw one experience, one experience equals one song. I feel like it sounds like for you, one experience can equal five songs.
1: Yeah, it can. And it honestly just goes to, cause I feel like as songwriters, I mean, not, I don't want to ever speak for every songwriter, but I think a lot of us are like very much like empaths. And so we feel things like very strongly. So, I mean, I've had experiences where maybe I've known someone for like a month or two months, then I, I might've written five songs about them versus say like a two-year relationship. And I maybe got like two songs out of it. It just, it's just all about like your feelings and stuff. And, you know, even like when those things are like blown up a little bit more and like made songs, but I mean, that's the whole beauty about art. And like, you can be just a little bit more crazy and just your most, I don't want to say like authentic stuff, but I mean, I feel like we all have that part of us where like, there's all these things that like we think or, you know, stories that like we want to say, but like, it feel too crazy to say on like the everyday basis. But like, if you put it in song or like a piece of art, it's a way to kind of like let that flow and be without like, you know, yeah. making it like your entire personality being some kind of like erratic, like obsessive, like person.
0: Well, it's also really neat because it's kind of the idea that once once you create something, I've had this conversation before with artists where it's its own thing. Yeah. So the The experience, while it's personal to you by creating that piece of art, you take it away from yourself to a certain extent. And I don't mean to therapize making music, although for some people it probably is that. Oh,
1: no, it's so therapeutic. (laughs) But
0: really, when you think about it, it's like, I've created this thing and now it's no longer mine. And when you give it to the world and then people enjoy it. Yeah. It's got to be the most wonderful experience.
1: No, it really is. And I've never heard it said like that before, but I completely agree because it's like, it's almost like you're like birthing something in a sense. And I mean, you obviously created it and stuff, but it's like you're able to share it with people. And also it feels too like, like you're being heard and like it just, it kind of takes some of that burden off. But not only that, but then, you know, sometimes people will resonate with it and it just kind of creates like, you know, this almost like spiritual connection, which I think is what really is like what brought me to music and what I love about it, just how universal that it is. And even if like you're singing about like a very like specific experience, because I, I have had some people tell me that, You know, maybe I should be less specific in my songs and be a little bit more broad so that more people can relate. But, you know, I kind of think that being specific and we're actually just talking about this in one of my courses, um, one of my music courses with Berklee College of Music um, is like. People, it's like it's like watching a movie, like you don't want to see a movie where like the characters, you know, they're not they're just very broad and very bland, like you want to really like, you know, see who they are and then you become a little bit more connected to them. Um, and we're actually comparing like the Beatles song, Eleanor Rigby to like another song. And even though like that song is, you know, very much about like, you know, these very specific characters, maybe you're not a priest or you're not Eleanor Rigby. But, you know, you, you begin to like have this like kind of bond or connection with them and you're invested in them versus if it's just some random person saying, oh, I feel lonely or loneliness is
0: hard. Yeah. You know what I think it is, Ashley? I think it's just the human, the human connection to story. Yeah. Right. Like and and I when you, you don't have specificity, you don't have, like you were saying, there's not enough of a dimension in the characters. Yeah. So you can write a generic song and it, it can do quite well. But yeah, the absolutely. ones that are gonna stay with you are the stories that you resonate with, and they don't have to be your story, but you can hear the truth mm-hmm. in the story. As I, I think the key is that as long as there's an element of truth, people will relate to it. Yeah. At the no, very I, least, they'll they'll be you'll pique their curiosity.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, of course, there's nothing wrong with writing something a little bit, you know, more broad and everything. But just in terms of my core as a songwriter, like, I really like that. And I love that discussion that we had and definitely wanted to share it just because, um, you know, because, yeah, a lot of times, like, you know, we are critiqued or told to be less specific or this. And I think one of the great things about songwriting is it is so just subjective and to your experiences and it's art. And there's not really like a right or wrong way to do it. So I really like that.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on with that, especially when you give it, when you put it in the context of your own specific artistry, Mm -hmm. you know, it it really does give it some color and some flavor. So that's really, really cool. And I'm thrilled to hear you're talking about that and thinking at that deep level about what it is you're creating. So it's not just a song about that time. I went out with that guy, or I went out with my friends and I saw that guy at the bar.
1: Yeah, no, it's (laughs) definitely a lot more
0: complex. It's much more, it's, yeah, it's much more deep rooted and you're, you're understanding all elements and aspects of the process of writing music and then sharing it with the world and what that becomes. So I think that's really, really fascinating. Um, now getting back to some other, just, you know, nuts and bolts questions, clearly you've been influenced by uh, definitely Katy Perry, definitely maybe a little Taylor Swift, but mm-hmm. a lot of your family and your literally, this is pun intended roots, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Coming out with like the Americana you I know I, I did that that was funny but anyway <laughs> so like a lot of the roots and a lot of like the music that you grew up with and the place you came from I think that's really really cool tell us a little bit more about any other musicians or any other influences you want to share yeah I mean definitely just you know
1: seeing like the family band and everything watching the MTV seeing all of those artists um and I also think even just coming out to LA, like at an early age and just seeing, you know, all these different, like, I mean, I've seen a good amount of, you know, cover bands and stuff. I've also gone to, you know, a lot of like, um, live music, like concerts where like the specific artist is singing. And I really think just being around those things has just been a turning point, just seeing live music and everything that's possible and feeling that energy in the room that you really like can't describe unless like you're really just there in that connected moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Cause outside my family, I mean, there were definitely like, other musicians you know in the area for sure I just don't think that I was necessarily super exposed to them so I feel like a lot of my exposure outside of you know bluegrass and Americana music was very much so um either like from like friends playing pop music or like watching MTV even though I was like eight and wasn't supposed to I would always like sneak and watch I figured out how to put it on Nickelodeon and then to MTV and then I'd hit last and it would go back to Nickelodeon when like my mom would like walk in (laughs) <laughs> and she's like those, vid- like you shouldn't be watching those videos like you're too young and I probably was but I'm grateful that I did though because I, I was so inspired by those people like Lady Gaga like singing love game like wearing sparkles I was like wow and I, everything else just went totally over my head um, yeah, that's good I'm glad I'm and, glad
0: the <laughs> stuff that your mom didn't want you to know did go over your head, <laughs> right and
1: I mean you know I also grew up like singing um in church and stuff um I was raised Catholic um I would get to do like the responsorials sometimes um and I had a really really great religion teacher back there who like, the school itself was, like, definitely difficult at points, but she was someone there that really, really believed in me, and she was kind of, like, the first, like, um, teacher, like, adult that really believed in me because I don't feel like all of the teachers necessarily did, and there just wasn't really, like, a vocal-type program there. So she would, like, let me do the responsorials and stuff, and so I feel like she um, definitely had a really, like, big influence on me and helped me with some of my confidence and stuff, yeah. which I'm so, so grateful for. And a lot of my friends, too, um, you know, like, they they're not, like, you know, trying to do music like full time or anything like that. But, you know, like I have some friends that I think are like really beautiful singers. And so even just like getting to like sing with them growing up, I, I think was like, you know, something really cool. And like, you know, kind of like trying to like mess around or harmonize or like make up dances and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think
0: just, you know, all those kind of different things. So what I love about your answer, usually people are like, well, here are the bands. <laughs> I love that you like are thinking about the musical influences that literally were all around you. Like not just what was happening on MTV, obviously that was a thing, you know, yeah. Lady and the sparkles, but also noticing that the influences around you, your mentors, the adults mm-hmm. that were around you that were supporting you, or specifically this one teacher. And then also thinking about your friends and just playing with music and yeah. allowing each other to explore and inspire one another. That's so wonderful that you had a network and you had a group of friends who were all focused on this amazing thing of making music. So that's a tribute to not just your family, but also where you were growing up in that environment to have people just be that open to be creating together at such a young age.
1: Absolutely. And then, you know, of course, like my mom put me in voice lessons and, you know, I had a few different voice teachers in West Virginia and I'm, you know, very grateful for all of them. They were all extremely different in terms of like their techniques or like, you know, the kinds of music that they sing. But I'm really grateful for that because I feel like I got to learn a lot of like different things and like they all kind of like helped to put together like this puzzle. And then of course, you know, like I've studied under you and that's been amazing. Um So it's just, it's been really great to just have all of those different things and have so many awesome people to learn under and just, yeah,
0: develop it. Yeah. Every, every artist is a tapestry of so many things. And so it's a fun, it's a fun thing to have <laughs> these conversations just to hear like, where are yours all converged and how like all those little elements piece together to create the artist that is Ashley Rose Lily. So that's fabulous. So tell us a little bit, you've been doing a lot of performing lately, like crazy. (laughs) And it's been fun to see you come out of Zoom because you're just like on fire. I see you're constantly performing. Tell us a little bit about how you got started live singing, because that's a challenge for a lot of singers to figure out how do I get out there and start getting gigs and how do I put together my band, all sorts of things. So tell us a little bit about that side of your work.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, initially, of course, like it started, um, you know, in West Virginia and everything. But in terms of like, you know, my own artistry and what I'm doing now, um, you know, separate from that, um, I just got to a point where I really wanted to be performing out. Like I was seeing a lot of other people performing out. And it's definitely like one of like my like, favorite things to do, Even though it's also one of the most nerve wracking things to do. <laughs> um, so, you know, like we had talked and um, I know like I think just finding people to help you find musicians because finding musicians can be hard. But I feel like once, like, you started, like, finding a little niche of musicians, suddenly you just start finding all these musicians, like, crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, like, you had helped me find some people, and I was working with some of them for a while, and now, um, I have a different band at the moment, and, you know, I don't really have, because since I am, like, a solo artist, I don't really have, like, a specific, like, set band. I mean, at some point, like, I would love to have, like, you know, a band that, like, is pretty much, like, permanently with me, like, no matter what, um, but that being said, as a solo artist, like, you know, like it can be interchangeable, sometimes or flexible, or sometimes it's like something might work better with this person or that person. But that being said, I think um, first just finding a band, because before when I was doing the pop stuff, I would have some backing tracking, which can work depending on what kind of pop music that you're doing. But in my personal opinion, and not everyone will agree with this, and I'm not shading anyone at all that does this. But, you know, if you're doing something that's, you know, less synths and more live instruments, such as country rock music, to have a backing track. It just doesn't, you know, it feels a little bit more like a karaoke vibe, which again, like that, that's just my opinion, like I'm no hate, no shade to anyone that does that. But so that being said, it was really important to me to have a live band because it's like, Oh, well I'm not doing pop anymore. Like I can't just, I mean, I could bring my track, but it just wouldn't like feel the same. Yeah. Um. So I think just talking to like people that, you know, no musicians and trying to get connected with people. Um. I also think too, my current, um, you know, people that I'm playing with, um, I mean, you'll find people everywhere. Like I have some neighbors that I've played with just just simply by asking. I think a big thing is just like being humble enough to just ask, even if like you think that they're going to say no or totally shoot you down or like you really haven't talked to them that much. So you think it'd be weird Um, because honestly, half the time, like people are like really excited to play out and they're super down. And if they're not, there's like 10 other people that will be. Um, So I think just finding a band and just kind of going about it that way and just either asking someone that you trust if they know anyone or just going to open mics um even if like you know someone that you think might vaguely play guitar drums ask them get more specific with it because there are a lot of people that play music and they do like you know jobs outside of music but would be down being a band so I think doing that and then just in terms of booking gigs um again I think just a level of like both humility and shamelessness because you need to be humble in terms of like Humbling yourself to ask because I anyway, It's it's. I think it is humbling to like have to like ask someone and not like be at their mercy, but you know, know that they could say no. It's like oh, like. Oh,
0: but then one hundred percent. But then at the same time, yeah. yeah to but then at the same time, in. super bold. So
1: it, it's it, it's this very interesting like, you know, flip side of the same coin type of thing. Um, and so I just started reaching out to venues, and I remember when I, I think this is like my favorite story ever to tell. But I decided and. I oh, know. I feel like this interview is like making me sound like I'm crazy obsessed with Katy Perry, which I think she's an awesome artist. I wouldn't say that I'm crazy obsessed, but like that being said, that documentary that I saw that part of me, like it definitely affected me because I like heard like she played at like hotel cafe or something like starting out. And so then I got it in my head. I was like, okay, I'm going to really do this. Like I'm going to play at hotel cafe. And mm-hmm. I, I emailed them and I, I emailed a bunch of places. And I honestly, I didn't think that anyone, any of one of them would respond to me, especially not hotel cafe, which I think it's become a little bit more like accessible throughout the years, which is really cool. Um, but I just, I didn't really think that they'd respond to me and they're actually the first one to respond to me. They asked me if I had a band and I said I did, but I actually didn't at the time. <laughs> so then I started scrambling because I, I got to a point too. I think that's another thing. Sorry. I feel like there's just so many things. It's just, just going for it. Like truly just going for it. Like, because if you wait until you're ready or like, I mean, you need to be prepared to an extent. Like if you wait till the timing and everything is just perfect and you're super comfortable, like, it's already passed. Like, you just have yeah. to just go for it because, you know, like, time doesn't stop for anyone. And so, you know, that was when I was when I talked to you and you got me connected with someone. I'd met some more people through that person. Um, and then the band that I'm playing with right now, I've just met through Neighbors and Open Mics and stuff. But you, you almost just have to, like, light the fire under yourself and just mm-hmm. go for it and just pull it together. Because what I learned is when I don't put myself in those positions, as stressful as they are, but honestly, the, that's just the nature of the industry. It's like, I feel like you're just not going to get it done because then it's like you don't really have anything like looming over you and maybe not everyone works that way but it's at least how I work and so no, kind of push you to have this deadline and get it. Excellent
0: advice I always what I always say is make it work
1: yeah just, just make, make it work, it
0: work. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had no
1: band and I told them I was like oh yeah I absolutely have a band the gig was like I think like a month <laughs> out and I started freaking bit. out because I really didn't think that they would message me and then they also wanted me to get like 25 people which doesn't sound like a lot but like as an independent and just starting out artists that like you know, like you're still building your following. And on top of that, even if you have like so many thousand followers, like they could be spread out. Like they're not all in California and like, you're not big enough for people to like, you know, fly out and this, that, and the other thing. And to, to get 25 people in the same room is hard. I mean, now like it's gotten like better, you know, like as I've been performing and progressing and getting to know people, but yeah, it was really stressful. And I said, Oh, absolutely. I'll have 25 people. And I, I didn't think that I'd have a band. I didn't think that I'd have 25 people. I honestly saw it as a moment that I was going to fail, but somehow the band came together and they were amazing. And I had more than 25 people show up and the room was like filled. And it was like, it was really cool. And it was really empowering. And that being said, for every story like that, I'm sure that I have 10 stories where like things have gone horribly wrong or they really haven't worked out. And those things happen too. And you just have to just learn from it and just keep going, you know, always forward,
0: never back. Yeah, well, you only have three choices, right? You can go backwards, stay, stay in one place or go forward.
1: Exactly. And so it's, it's stressful. It's definitely, it's given me a lot of anxiety sometimes, but it is also the most rewarding thing ever, which is why I keep doing it.
0: I love it. No, it's so fun to watch you, especially in this last, the last probably six months, every other minute you're performing live. It's like once Thank you started, you. you got a fire underneath you and you're, you haven't stopped.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I try to perform out, um, like my own shows, which usually have a ticket with a few other people, but I'm, you know, usually like we're all like kind of headlining. There might be like three or four of us. Um, I try to do that like once a month. Sometimes I can't do more than once a month because like radius clauses and things like that. But mm. when I'm not doing that, I do try to do, um, you know, like open mics or there's this thing called karaoke time machines, which even though it's like karaoke, it's a live band, which live mm. band karaoke. Is so cool. Cause like they call it karaoke, but it really doesn't feel that way. And it just kind of gets you in front of people. And like, you get to sing a song and even just like, you know, there's a jam out in Tarzana, like, like there's so much music. If you just open yourself up to it and just start saying yes, like just to, yeah.
0: You You know, I think your best advice so far is you have to be humble. You have to put yourself out there and you just have to be open to everything that can possibly come your way.
1: Yeah. I think just being both humble and bold, which is again, like such like a
0: weird thing that you wouldn't think goes together, but I feel like it really does. You just have to be both. Yeah, I absolutely love it, Ashley. Okay. So before we run out of time, I want to ask you a little bit about what you're working on right now. Do you have any songs that you want to share with us? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have a
1: lot of things that I'm working on right now. I mean, not as many as I, I feel like it's a good amount right now. I'm pretty much in the process. So I wrote my song perfect and I recorded it with, um, my current producer, um, his name's Briar, um, who he's one that's also from West Virginia, but has a studio in North Hollywood and is like living here now, which was so cool. Just like how like the universe and everything works like that to like, cause I'm from West Virginia to I feel like we just have this understanding. Shout out to Briar. But yeah, so he has been um, the primary producer that I have been working with. And I think that I'll definitely be continuing to work with him for a bit. And um, we're just working on just a bunch of new songs. I have like kind of, um, because most of my sets are maybe like 30 minutes long. So I have specific songs that I usually do during those sets. So we've been getting all of those recorded. We actually just finished recording the last one that was on my set yesterday. And so now I'm just kind of in the process of you know, finishing up a couple little things with the, like the mixing and mastering, like, you know, the little finer points, and then, you know, going to get some pictures for them and then release them. I'm still deciding if it's going to be all singles, if I might do an EP. Um, So I'm still deciding that, but I do have a lot um, of music in the works right now. And we're just kind of continuing to record. Um, I did release my one single um, called Perfect, which I think is the most representative to where I'm at as an artist right now in terms of my sound and you know, my lyrics and just my vocals, just everything. I think that it's very much like my kind of like voice that I have found and Mm -hmm. where I'm going to kind of be and all the other songs, like they don't all sound the same, they're all very different, but I feel like they have kind of a similar, like, like they, they make sense together. Um, so that one I released a few months ago. And so now we're just working on some other ones, but I just wanted to get that one out there initially just to kind of be like, Hey, here I am. This is how, you know, it's kind of going to be. And, Now I'm kind of taking my time with these other ones, especially during like with the holidays coming up. And um, I might take a little bit of a step back from performing, but still do like open mics and jams just to really kind of hone in on my craft so that, you know, when the new year comes, I want to just come back as strong as possible. Cause I do think I'm super glad that I took this time to perform out in LA. And I mean, Watch me say this and literally like book something next month. But right now the plan is to um, take like maybe like, you know, like a month, two month break. I want to get some like in-ear monitors because that's something that like I kind of need with like the kind of music that I'm playing. And I want to work a little bit more on my breath control. Like um, I know like some people will like run on a treadmill and sing. So I really want to really perfect it because now that I've kind of like, you know, done the little performing at like the smaller like LA venues thing that, you know, like every like st- starting out like independent artist has to do. I want to then really come back like super, super sharp and super just prepared, Mm -hmm. like as much as possible. And then I just want to really, you know, keep doing it and then see if I can start booking some like bigger venues and stuff, um, which are obviously, you know, difficult, but I didn't want to just start full boring that just yet because I wanted to kind of, you know, find my voice with it, find my groove, you know, see how it sounds with the band, figure out what's working, what isn't troubleshooting. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing and just, you know, trying to, maintain my social media, work on the streams and just all that fun, you know, kind of office keeping stuff that all of us artists have to do yes. um, as much as I would love to just sit around and write my songs and sing my songs and record my songs. But, you know, it's cool. It's, it's really taught me, you know, a lot of different sides of the industry that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. So
0: all in all, like I'm still grateful for it. That's awesome. So Ashley, before we play out today, cause I'm, what I'm going to do is button up the interview and then hopefully play a little bit of perfect, I guess on the way. Out. Yeah. So before we hear perfect, tell us a little bit about where people can find you. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, so um, I am on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, um, regular YouTube. And Ashley
0: Rose Lily at?
1: Yes. um, Yeah, just at Ashley Rose Lily. Um, the only thing different is my TikTok. It's at Ashley R Lily, um, just because I had an is- some issues with the previous account. But everything else is always under Ashley Rose Lily. And Lily is spelled L I double L so LLY which I always say because the amount of like promo posters or like texts that I will get where it's the one L I'm like no it's it's two L's (laughs) but um yeah so everything is just under Ashley Rose Lily my full name um one of my friends jokes that I have three first names (laughs) you actually do and multiple flowers yeah multiple flowers I know it's too bad that my first name wasn't like Daisy or something but (laughs) it it works it works
0: um it might like an entire bouquet
1: well, actually,
0: it's been such a pleasure talking to you and thank you so much for popping in and having a conversation with me about your music and your artistry and your wonderful singing. So on our way out the door, just a big thank you. And we're going to listen to a little bit of Perfect. Yeah, Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. you like what you heard on today's episode and want to hear more, like, and subscribe. You can find us on Apple podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you can listen to and download podcasts. And if you want more information about me and my studio, check out my website, www.vossvoice.com. That's www.voss, that's v-a-s-s voice.com. Or you can check me out on Facebook and join our Master Your Voice Facebook group. Just send me a DM and I'll let you into the group. We'd love to have you. It's a wonderful community of singers.